You're listening to Truly Criminal, the home of true crime. To see the video version of this case, including the footage and photos, you can find us on YouTube. Just search for Truly Criminal. Today's case takes us to Wolverhampton in the United Kingdom, home to more than 260,000 people, one of which was Ronan Kander. Ronan had been born in November 2005 at New Cross Hospital. He was the second child born to parents Chander and Pooja, joining his older sister Nikita. He went to Lanesfield Primary School before going to the Kalsar Academy Wolverhampton. His parents would separate in 2012 and divorce five years later, but Chander said it was Ronan who had been instrumental in bringing them back together. Nikita said she had never come across someone so caring, so loving, so bright and so popular, adding that her little brother had a massive heart. This was evident in how he cared for other people. If he saw someone on the street in need and struggling, he would always give them money and treat them with kindness and respect. 16-year-old Ronan was described as the heart and soul of his family. He had a fantastic sense of humour and would often play pranks and practical jokes. He was also a devoted Liverpool football club fan and, like most teenagers, he loved watching Netflix and playing on his PlayStation. He would sit for hours and draw anime and enjoyed being at home so much his friends would have to push him to go out. The 29th of June, 2022. It was a bright summer's day in Wolverhampton. Five days before, Ronan had completed his GCSE exams and was ready to start a new and exciting chapter. He wanted to study sociology, psychology and law at A-level, with big dreams of one day becoming a lawyer. He was also excited to go on the family's first holiday out of the United Kingdom. At around 4.30pm, Chanda gave his son and his son's friends a lift to the Midland Snooker Club on Oxford Street in Bilston. This was a place Ronan had been going to with his family since he was a child, and they would also enjoy meals out there. Before leaving, Pooja gave her son a kiss, told him he looked handsome, and waved goodbye as they set off. At 7.30pm, Ronan called his father to ask if he could pick him up and give him a lift home. After getting back to his house on Mount Road, he later set off again to buy a PlayStation controller from a friend. His dad then phoned him and offered to pick him up, but Ronan declined and said he would instead walk home. He put his headphones on, started his music, and set off. 8.56pm. Chanda's phone rang. It was Pooja. She had been in Wolverhampton city centre at her weekly meditation class. She asked him what was happening on Mount Road after hearing that it had been closed off and police had swarmed the area. Chanda went outside and neighbours had started to gather on the street. There were police and emergency services everywhere. He was told that somebody had been stabbed. He said he rang Ronan more than ten times, but each time it rang out and went to voicemail. He then told a police officer on the scene that his son had not come home. They were shown a picture of Ronan, and one of the paramedics said they were treating someone who did look like him, and tragically, it was. When Pooja arrived home, she begged the officers, please let me see him one time. He will wake up for his mum, but they said no. At the age of just 16, Ronan Kander died at the scene, just two doors away from his house. Chanda was inconsolable and needed to be comforted by neighbours. When Pooja found out, she was shattered as was Nikita, who was on holiday in Crete at the time. Ronan had just taken his GCSEs and had told his family he wanted to become a lawyer. 
The 16-year-old was a keen Liverpool supporter and was listening to music on his headphones when he was attacked from behind. There were police types there. They wouldn't let me pass the police type. They said, it's an Asian child, Indian ethnicity, they said, you can't go. I saw that blue tent and, um, and then one of the paramedics sort of said, um, so the detective said to me, I said, look, Telling the truth, because we're working on somebody, and I, again, I thought, okay, they're working on him. He's going to survive, you know. And he's just going down the road, and you don't expect your child just to go down the road, and this to happen you to your child, especially with your child. There's done nothing, nothing wrong to anybody in his whole life. It hurts. It hurts that Ronan wasn't. It was in a wrong place at the wrong time. He was just four doors away from his house. He, five seconds or maybe, well, ten more steps, he would have been home. Ten more steps, my child would have been home. And the first time we saw him at the mortuary, Nikita just staring at her brother, just staring at him, and all she screams, wake up! Right? I'm, I'm looking at her, and the mother, first thing she says, oh, my son's cold. I need to warm him up. She couldn't hold him properly. Held his hand, get warm in You know, as a father. A murder investigation was launched. One of the first things the police did was look at the network of CCTV cameras from around the area to try and piece together what had happened in Ronan's final moments. This would give them their first major breakthrough. Two males were seen brandishing both a ninja sword and a machete running towards where Ronan was. The cameras then picked up Ronan's scream as he was viciously stabbed. As the investigations into the footage continued, someone handed themselves in to the police after confessing to his mother and uncle that he had been involved. His name was Sukman Shergill and he could be seen on the footage alongside Prabjeet Videsa. The two were arrested. Also arrested were 20-year-old Josiah Francis and 18-year-old Joseph Whitaker. Prabhjit and Sukman were charged with murder on a joint enterprise basis, meaning that someone could be charged with the crime of someone else if they foresaw the other person was likely to commit said offence. They denied the charge of murder but admitted to carrying a bladed article. Josiah Francis and Joseph Whitaker were also charged with carrying a bladed article and murder, and both denied the charges. Within the first 12 hours, we'd identified the vehicle of which the offenders had arrived in, and so we made our first arrest overnight. And within the first 48 hours, um, we'd made the arrest of actually the main um, perpetrator. They've been hit by an absolutely tragic incident. Um, you know, their boy literally just gone out to buy a PlayStation controller, and, you know, he doesn't then return home. It happens so close to the home address, um, which meant that, you know, really they couldn't get away from what had happened. Ronan's family, who were being supported by specially trained officers, issued a statement. Ronan was a kind-hearted, loving, caring 16-year-old. Our son and a brother who would do anything for anyone. He was a funny character who made everyone laugh around him. He has taken from us cruelly and our hearts are broken. We want everyone to pray for his soul now. We will always love you, our son and my brother, and you will live within us now. The question everyone wanted answered was why. 
Why had Ronan, who had no enemies, been targeted and attacked in such a brutal fashion? Prabjeet Vadesa was from Walsall, and Sukman Shergill was from nearby Willanall. They were two 16-year-old boys and had gone to school with Ronan. They had got into a disagreement with one of Ronan's friends over an alleged unpaid debt, something that had spilt over into school and resulted in a fight. The more the police looked at the CCTV footage, the more damning evidence they found. On the day of Ronan's death, Prabjeet had gone to the local post office and picked up a machete and ninja sword that he had purchased online. He had used his mother's ID to buy them, and when he got to the post office, all he had to do was give them his name, and he was handed the parcels. They did not check any ID, and simply looked at him and assumed he was over the age of 25. The parcel he had collected that day was one of almost 30 weapons he had purchased online over the previous few months. He would then sell them on to people at school. After going to the post office, he had conspired with the three others, Suckman, Josiah and Joseph. It was decided they were going to pay Ronan's friend a visit and scare him into paying back the money it was alleged that he owed. And given the blades he had brought, it was evident it was going to be violent. The four then got into a red Vauxhall Corsa, driven by Josiah, sat in the passenger seat with Joseph, and Suckman and Prabjeet were sat in the back. Just before 8.30pm, Ronan had almost made it home. The Corsa had been parked on Beach Avenue, and Prabjeet and Suckman got out. They were then seen running towards Mount Road at 8.34pm. They ran after Ronan and attacked him from behind. He was stabbed twice once in the side and once in the chest, with one of them piercing his heart. One of the stab wounds had gone 20 centimetres into his body, and the other 17 centimetres. Prabjeet had been the one to deliver these fatal blows. Sukman had brandished the weapon but not used it. As Ronan screamed out in pain, they realised they had not attacked their intended target. It was a case of mistaken identity. They proceeded to run off down the street, back to the car, leaving Ronan on his own as he lay dying. The car then pulled away and drove off towards Birmingham New Road. It would later emerge that they had seen Ronan coming out of the house where the intended victim had lived and assumed that he was the boy they were looking for. Following this, it was now time for them to go to trial. Prosecutor David Mason KC spoke of the significant planning that had been involved and that both Prabjeet and Sukman had discarded their black clothes face coverings and the weapons after Ronan was stabbed. He said that Ronan had absolutely no chance whatsoever when he was stabbed. He added he was not the intended victim. That fact makes this case even more tragic than other cases of this type. This was a brutal killing in broad daylight in a residential street in front of members of the public. We all have an imagination as humans and I still I play that in my head. I can't sleep because I just see my boy, what they did to him. And I was only a few doors away and this was happening to him. And uh, it just, it's heartbreaking, you know, what he had to go through. And, um, you know, and these cowards, what they did, it's absolute cowardly, the attack. And uh, no care, no compassion and, you know, it's just awful. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Both Prabhjit and Sukman testified during the trial, and it was confirmed that Ronan was not the target. They said they had merely wanted to scare the boy who they said owed them money. Prabhjit claimed that it had been an accident and he had only wanted to poke around with the sword he was carrying. He said it wasn't until Ronan was stabbed for the second time that he noticed it had actually struck him, and that it was Ronan. The prosecution hit back, saying, I would suggest you don't accidentally stab someone 20 centimetres and then 17 centimetres, do you? I never intended for the blade to enter the body. You intended to stab that young boy, didn't you? No. I would suggest it must have been screamingly obvious after you inflicted that first 20 centimetre wound to his abdomen that you had done it. You must have felt it happen, didn't you? No. He also denied that he was fascinated with knives, something which had been previously claimed, but admitted he had used false IDs to buy them and then sell them on. Sukman said he was sad and angry after learning that Ronan had been attacked and said that he had not been in it together with Prabjit. The prosecution said there is no real evidence of any true remorse. Senior Crown Prosecutor Samantha Dixon called the attack on Ronan a horrifying act of violence and an act of cowardice. Adam Morgan, Prabjit's defence lawyer, said he is genuinely remorseful. It is something he will have to bear for the rest of his life. Timothy Hannam KC, who was Suckman's defence lawyer, said this was a joint enterprise offence, but a distinction can be drawn between the two defendants. Mr Videsa was the one who actually killed Ronan. Mr Videsa was the one who stabbed him, not Mr Shergill. The trial would last for five weeks. After two hours of deliberations, the jury had returned their verdict. Both Joseph Whitaker and Josiah Francis, who had been in the car that day, were acquitted of all charges. At Wolverhampton Crown Court, Prabjit Videsa and Sukman Shergill were found guilty of murder and were found to have acted in joint enterprise in the killing. Before they were sentenced, Mr Justice Chowdhury lifted the restrictions that had surrounded the case due to the age of the accused and both Prabjit and Sukman were named in the press for the first time. Ronan's family sat and sobbed in the gallery as they wore shirts with Justice for Ronan on them. Ronan's mom Pooja told the courtroom that she had replayed the last time she saw her son over and over in her mind. She spoke directly to his killers, saying, If there is a God, they will show you the real justice my son deserves. Mr Justice Chowdhury's sentencing remarks were televised, the first time this had ever been done at Wolverhampton Crown Court. Prabjit Videsa, Sukman Sergo, you have both been found guilty of the murder of Ronan Kanda. You've also both pleaded guilty to the offence of possessing a bladed article, namely a knife, in a public place. I must now sentence you for those offences. The devastation caused by that cowardly act of running up behind him and stabbing him, not once, but twice, is hard to comprehend. No term of years will seem sufficient punishment to the family for your crime. No term of years would begin to compensate the family for their loss. 
This case is another instance of the national scourge of knife crime, as a result of which young lives are brutally cut short because of the ease with which lethal weapons can be obtained and used on our streets. Your actions have also ruined your own lives and that of your own families. Although, of course, you still have your own lives. You have both expressed some remorse. However, you both appear not to be ready to accept full responsibility for your actions. That is consistent with your young age and your current level of maturity. Perhaps as you mature and reflect on what you have done during your time in custody, you will come to fully accept your responsibility for what has occurred. Prajit Videza, for the murder of Ronan Kanda, I sentence you to detention for life at His Majesty's pleasure with a minimum term of 18 years. Sukhman Shergo, for the murder of Ronan Kanda, I sentence you to detention for life at His Majesty's pleasure with a minimum term of 16 years. It's important to emphasise so that you and all those who are listening and viewing this sentence can understand the position that the minimum term is just that, a minimum period which cannot be reduced in any way. After your respective minimum terms are served, there is no guarantee that you will be released at that time or at any particular time thereafter. It is only if the parole board decides that you are no longer a danger to society and fit to be released that you will, you will be released. That will not be before you have served every day of your minimum term. That concludes my sentence. You may take them down. Detective Inspector A. George, who had led the investigation into Ronan's murder, said following the sentencing, the pain of losing a child is immeasurable, but to also know that he was not the intended target adds a whole new layer of grief, and I cannot begin to imagine the sorrow Ronan's family feel. The justice system does need to introduce tougher sentences, because to me, I mean, okay, they were 16 at the time, and he took that into consideration their age, but to me, I think the sentencing... I think the legal system needs to change because knife crime is just an epidemic in this country and it's going to continue and uh, the deterrents are not there. You know, the sentencing needs to be tougher, the law needs to get tougher and just in general, I think we need to do something in this country to tackle knife crime because it's a massive, massive problem and these people were, you know, buying these weapons, um, you know, uh, aliases, you know, other names, you know, parents, whatever, and it was so easy for them to get. And the worst thing was when this um, Prabhjit Vadesha, when he went to collect his weapon on that day, he wasn't even asked for ID, nothing. He just went there, got his um, package and just walked out. And I'm just, I'm thinking how easy it is, you know? This is not a justice to me. 16 years for a murder of a 16-year-old by 16-year-old children. This is not good enough. It is not good enough by the law. I do think, yes, we do need to do something much more stronger, much more bigger for in order to stop this nonsense. Because youth crime is everywhere, is, it's everywhere recently. And I'm sick, I'm sick of listening. I'm sick of listening other mother losing their children as well. We are arranging marches, you know, this is our campaign. We want to tell everybody what a beautiful, beautiful boy Ronan Kanda was. One year on from Ronan's murder, a vigil was held to remember him. Around 70 people gathered on Mount Road where doves were released and poems were read out. His family also started a fundraising campaign for Save the Children to help families in Yemen in his memory. 
a fitting tribute for someone with a heart as good as his. He made me the happiest mother on this earth. He did. He helped me with everything during 16 years. Gave me so much love. So much love that I can... I'm trying to live with that love now. It was later announced that the Kanda family were going to head down to Parliament to call for tougher action to be taken against knife crime. Wolverhampton South East MP Pat McFadden arranged for them to meet with the Minister of State for Crime Policing and Fire, Chris Phillip, and the Shadow Minister, Sarah Jones. Pat McFadden had been working with Ronan's family and said he hoped it would convince the members of Parliament that action is needed to try to prevent more young people losing their lives to knife crime. The government later introduced a list of weapons to be banned. The ones used in Ronan's murder were not included on the list. Pooja would later criticise Chris Phillips, saying, This year I met with the Minister for Crime. He requested more information on the weapon used to murder my son to ensure it would be included in the ban. But here we are. This was the opportunity for the government to take real action and show empathy for thousands of families like ours. But they've completely missed it. When I saw for the first time the size of the sword, I fainted in grief, Pooja said. As Nikita said, we need to do more to stop knife crime. You know how easy it is to acquire a knife. You can just go online and you can buy a machete. I want to call out the MPs. I want to call out the Prime Minister. I want to call out society and say that we need to do more to ensure that not another innocent life gets taken from knife crime. Pooja also wrote an open letter to the Prime Minister calling for the online sales of knives, swords and machetes to be banned. The campaigning work Ronan's family have done to tackle knife crime is inspiring, as is their strength and resilience in the time since his death. His family will continue to fight to change the laws and change communities for the better. Speaking directly to those who carry knives, Pooja had some powerful words. Going to prison isn't some pride and joy. You are going to ruin your life, your family's life. You will have to live with the guilt for the rest of your life, knowing you've killed someone. So stop now before it's too late. Don't pick up the knife. If you have a fight, talk it over, but don't pick up the knife. There are no winners in a case like this. Ronan Kander should still be here, taking on his A-levels and throwing himself into adulthood. Knife crime has claimed far, far too many lives and ruined too many families as well. Positive steps are being taken in communities, such as knife surrender schemes and amnesty bins, where people can get rid of their weapons safely. But there is still much more to be done to bring an end to knife crime. We've all lost kind of the happiness. We've, we've just feel like every day it's, we're waking up existing. Like another family. Yeah. This is just totally destroyed us. Totally destroyed us. The devastation caused by the murder of Ronan Kanda is best put into words by his mother Pooja. I miss his laughter, I miss him asking me what's for dinner, I miss hugging him. I have nothing left. It's killing me to think of what happened to Ronan. I can't believe my baby went through this alone. He was my son, my baby, and for his older sister Nikita, life will never be the same. She said, I've never loved anyone as much as I love him.